0: G'day again. We are the Chronicle Chamber team and this is Expand the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can contact us via email at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us via the platform you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us, whether that's iTunes, Android apps or whatever it is that you listen to your podcast through. Um we are getting towards the double century. This is episode one hundred and ninety-seven. It's our August comics and news, and it's also our September comics and news because it's been a while we've put between drinks on one of these. Um my name's Dan Fraser and I'm joined tonight by Stephen East and Jermaine Parker. How are you, boys? I'm very well, Dan, and yourself?
1: Not too bad at all. How's uh how's life in your neck of the woods? Uh well, we've just been released from lockdown bit here in regional Victoria, so that's that's a plus. Hey, how are you, Jim? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I got my first jab of
2: uh, for the vaccination. Uh, um, everyone who's struggling and in lockdown, our thoughts and prayers are with you. We hope you stay safe um, and you have some enjoyment listening or watching us as we talk about the latest Phantom news and comics for August and September.
0: Absolutely. So um, we have held off to time this uh, exactly as we have because Fru have released a three-parter and that's what we're going to talk about first is our Fru comics. Um, And uh, then we'll hear from uh, correspondents from uh, at home and around the world on various other comics that have been uh, released over the last six to eight weeks, and then we'll break into the, the Phantom News. Now, we are on a bit of a promise tonight to try and get this finished uh, inside a certain window. We're not going to talk about that anymore because that just wastes <laughs> time. Let's go straight into the latest Fru's, um, and we're talking about Fru issues number one, eighty, eighteen, ninety-nine, nineteen hundred, and nineteen hundred and one. 1899, 1900, and 1901, the three-part secret theatre story um initial impressions um of the just just quick initial impression of just the um secret theater story because the riddle of gray malkin which is the the companion piece we'll talk about um separately so initial overviews of the secret theaters germ let's go with you
2: well i i know i know stevens uh is getting is getting ready off the long run and i want to give him plenty of time to be able to do that because i kind of uh, I agree with a lot that I think he is going to say. Um, I had great hopes for this story. This story was voted quite well in the best of stories for Team Phantom. Men. I like uh, Carrie Lepinem and Klaes Ramifi teaming up. I also like the fact that I got excited when I figured out that it was the third Phantom, uh, that when he ran off to join, uh, to become an actor, that was going to be played a part in this i had great you know i was thinking oh this is going to be awesome they're going to tie it all up and sync up with leaf fork and you know listeners know that i like when team phantom Men and uh make things tie up nice neatly with uh leaf fork but i was a little bit disappointed overall i had it had potential uh the art was good i think the story was 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 solid enough but there was a few things that annoyed me which kind of made me not enjoy the story as much as i would have liked to all
0: right i think i uh i have a bit of a feeling i know what you're talking about there because i had a similar experience i probably uh perhaps i might have enjoyed this one a little more than some of the other team fundament stories but i'll come to that um i'm chomping in the bit now to hear that you're coming in off the long run your initial impressions of this story and then i guess how that may have changed or not changed as you as you read through the the trilogy
1: my, well, if we're going to go initial, initial, the cover is great. <laughs> mm. The first, you know, the um, part one, Man of the Silver Nose, fantastic cover done by Grange Wallace. Um, last time I saw, it was still, for, um, the original artwork is still for sale on his website. And, yeah, support your your local artists who do a phenomenal job because... no. <laughs> There's the old saying that you can't polish a turd, but this is polished really nice because it's a turd of a story. I really don't like the story.
0: Um, <laughs> that was that was a very deceiving long run that suddenly had a bouncer
1: in the last step and a half. <laughs> um, and it surprised me that it's uh, a it was voted highly in best stories. Uh, I've kind of channeled a, a bit of um, a bit of a, a former podcaster in Joe. He never liked the, the historical stories. And if I'm having to read historical stories like that, then I'm going to jump in his boat because I didn't like it. It irks me on a number of, number of fronts. Thank you. I'm looking at the front and I couldn't get the word out. <laughs> One thing that's got me thinking, did a historical phantom ever spend any time in the jungle? <laughs> every time we get a historical phantom story, He's always in Europe. Now I, I'm quite happy to be wrong, but it just seems that every time we get a historical phantom, that he's in Europe, and I see that it's a great place to put in. You can put the phantom in, in anywhere in Europe, in the you know anywhere from halfway through the 1500s to present day, and that unleashes all sorts of different stories. I was doing a little bit of maths today just before coming on here, and. From what I could figure out with Google, it would have taken between three to six months for, if we say that the Phantom, that Bangalore is on East Eastern Africa, they'll get round the Cape, because the Suez Canal wasn't open yet, get round the Cape, and then up to, let's say, England, maybe four months, because some, some of the things i said were six months to India. So that's a hell of a long a time to be traveling to get to where he's got to go. Then he's got to get back as well. So that's, half three quarters of the year how how could the 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 legend grow in his natural jungle in his home when he's not there um i'm i'm well and surely picked up a ticket for joe's non-historical story
0: that's that's often a bugbear of mine as well i think if you added up all of the team phantom and stories because you're right they do mostly when they do historical phantom and even when they do the modern ones often base them in europe but uh, and, and certainly that travel time something i've picked up in the past but if you look at this as a standalone story i actually think they've done it well because of the three parts the first one they like they clearly establish a, a year at the beginning yeah. of each trilogy and it's 1587 1592 so five years later he's back and then 1601 so that's another nine years um, so there's the travel time covered, but uh, yeah. it does mean that he's just back in the jungle for six months or so before he's got to turn around again. And
1: that's right. And usually that wouldn't be at the forefront of my mind because usually it's a good story and I don't even think about travel times. But I don't like this one. Now, I've just read the third one today. And when you've got to explain all the historical events in its own separate thing and not let it play out naturally in the story, I'd, I can go read that in a history book why are you giving me a whole page or page and a half to to list it point by point by point why doesn't it why aren't you allowing it to unfold naturally in the story I, I, that was a bugbear of mine so another you're bug about, you're talking about page 23 i reckon yeah that's the one that part 3
0: how could you make that like i i i, no, no, I have no idea how from. From. I'm not the right. i don't think you could make it my question would be yeah. why would you include it like that mm. you didn't need to include any of that in the comedy i would disagree slightly uh, and purely because did you know who
2: the leon the the assassin character was until she explained it in that page you know page and a half two pages so that kind of put context for the whole for the whole story in a sense
0: yeah, yeah yeah that is the arc of the whole thing that's mentioned all the way back in part one that there's some mystery as to who she might be. There's no mention of that arc at all in part two, and that's fine. We sum it up in part three. You, it was so mildly relevant to the overall story arc that you could have explained it in two panels. You didn't need to take a page of oh, yeah. And, and it a little bit like, um, I, can't, I can't remember which um, um, book of the Bible where is uh, Elijah begat Abraham and Abraham begat Mary, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's in a few of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this might be a good one. There this for that piece, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, this bit certainly read a bit like that. This happened. So this happened. This, yeah. So that was a waste of time. That page and a half. I thought. Um, yeah. I agree with you on that one for sure, Steve.
2: Well, I would disagree if you said. I actually thought it was good, in the sense how they waited for the third part before they put the context of why she's revenge against yeah. the queen.
3: So, yeah, I, mean, I
1: don't mind that, but why do you have to give the whole history lesson about yep. who well, Queen because, Mary was?
2: So people, people, some people don't know who Queen Mary is, and it gives the whole story yeah. a bit of context. Well, they I, could I don't have done that you,
1: throughout the story. It was, did, it was such an integral part to the whole story that they could have put those snippets and allowed it to come naturally rather than give us a whole history lesson in one page. Yeah,
2: yeah, okay. All right, well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I liked it. <laughs> Um, but I don't think we'll spend five minutes uh, arguing over that one because I don't think we're going to change each other's mind on that one. (laughs) Um, So,
1: Stephen, anything else you didn't like about it? There is, and there was in our discussions. And for those of you who don't know what I do for a living, I'm a a teacher, but I work at a Catholic school. I'm actually the head of RE at at the Catholic school. One thing that gets up my goat in a, a lot of stories, now I could be completely wrong here and i'm happy to be wrong and there's probably some people who are in the same boat as me and other people who think you just saw hot air and were wearing tinfoil caps or the rest of it however to always see and in this particular case the catholics are always the bad guys and the protestants are always the good guys and yes i know that, that, that the history hasn't been great and that's why historical stories can really do all this fantastic stuff these wars these problems these this rich history, whether it be uh, positive or negative, but it just seems to always be on the negative.
0: I, I think just uh, the, fact that the phantom so often is against the yeah. the, on and, the, side of the
1: Catholic
0: Church. Oh, I mean, that sets them up as the bad guys, doesn't it, it? Always does, and it does feel like I'm with you. I'm not sure the numbers on that. I'd be fascinated um, if anyone wanted to do the research on stories involving the Catholic Church and whether they were with the phantom or for the phantom. But my hunch would be, Steve, agree with you that for the most part, Phantoms helps
1: fight against. The forces of the Catholic Church and what a guy, whatever guy yeah. is there. Yeah, and there, there was a line. I don't know if it was in the first or second thing about uh, the the doctrine or the dogmas or something. And it was yeah. about the Earth being flat and all that sort of stuff. And so against what the founder would do, you know, uh, respecting people's beliefs and realize that these guys had been corrupt. That's was probably the word I was looking for before. Um, there was a lot of corruption going on. But also during this time, like I said, in the 1500s, 1600s, you also had movements like the Franciscans and, and what have you who, who could see the corruption that was going on and were working against it. And I could really see the fandom aligning with, with those sort of guys and having a good news story. But to always see the negative, it's, it's irksome. And as a kid, when I read um, a fandom comic, you read it from your own background. And... Well, I've just said what my background is and whether you think that's relevant or not. But everyone, whenever you read anything, you've always got what you are coming, know, coming from, your bias. what you have to, the, um, to what you read. It's, mm. it's the, the life in front of the text, if you like.
2: You, you, you raise a good point, and I agree with you when it comes to the recent history stories. If you read some of the previous history stories, like uh, there was The Ring, which was when the, I think it was the fourth phantom actually loses the skull ring. There's a couple of scenes in there where he actually talks about how, hey, you know, where he says along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, I am not a part of this war. I don't take sides. You know, there's evil on both sides. And you see where he actually removes himself when there's a battle. And sure why there is that. But I agree with you that in his later stories, he has the phantom heavily swinging towards the Protestants where earlier on um, he, was, he was
0: strictly neutral. It's so, a, a fine line that we've talked about um, Paul Mason being able to balance with regard to the Vietnam stories as well. Like when there's a war, whose side is the phantom on? Uh, we'll park that discussion and we'll move on
2: because the other issues I have with this story, and I, again, if you're on YouTube, I will bring it up, the fact, um, like I said, I liked how we see the third Phantom and I want to point out the positives and I like how we have that, that, that internal struggle between father and son oh. and the son wanting to go into the actorship. I liked how we got to see that again. I kind of wish maybe we got a little bit more about that rather than. It was um, like,
1: yeah. sorry, I'll let you go. I've got. Where to say the that? the other to... thing
2: that I, that I really did not like is on page 24. It was Which just one? and twenty five of part three issue one nine oh one is just how easily the Phantom was getting getting beaten by. Oh, um, I told
1: you this we, we polished a turd with that great cover.
2: In uh, part three, the Phantom is nothing but a bumbling idiot who actually who actually plays no part in defeating. Uh, the, the the assassin and actually saving the day. He's just a he does tackle her to her death. Like if it wasn't, yeah, him, it wasn't. You know, like you know, they're wrestling and then oh,
0: she bumped her head and she's dead. Like you if know. you also take into account um, the actions of the boy who goes on to become the third phantom. Um, that's also you know because it's a dual phantom story in a way. It's a it's mm. a story of Chris Walker. Uh, the actor who is finding that he's compelled into um, this service, and I, and I agree, I think a little bit more could have been made of that um, because he, you know, it was a good opportunity, and I, I'd like to have explored that more. But I, but I, I understand when I look back at it now, I understand where you're coming from. But um, I must say, I didn't, I didn't have that impression myself in the when I read it the first time.
1: I also didn't like the way that he's putting down the actors. Like in the first couple of parts, he's, you know, he's there with Will. And doing all, you know, seems all very friendly and all this sort of stuff. Now, granted, it could be like, as in Dudley says in his uh, message to the pump publisher, could be just a father, I know, angry, disappointed that his son's not doing what he wanted to do. It's some sort of family argument and he says things that he doesn't mean to say. But to call in in front of all the other actors, you know, life in the theatre is for low life rabble. It's, um, but it was kind of thing that stars. goes against what he, I can't remember, I don't know what he says in, in you know, in other stories, but granted, he doesn't want, um, Chris to go into the to the theatre. He wants him to become the, the third Phantom, of course. And so he's probably angry and disappointed. But it just seems unfandom like to to put the to put the actors' stuff down.
2: But you got to remember that actors in those days were treated like that.
1: It's supposed to be better than that. <laughs> oh.
2: Okay, so this it, is. But it makes more interesting if I do call Sunday story. And, Sunday story number eighty four: The Wig. Um, we've got here where you've got. The second Phantom went backstage like a like a tornado. Um, who is that man? He says, "Take off that blasted wig! You're coming back, back to the jungle where you where you belong with me." So, he's, he's definitely yeah, that's very, all good. Hang on, where
0: there's nothing the um, actor in that.
2: You know, you run away from school to find you're playing a girl's part, a play actor, and then you know Lee Falk explains in those days actors were not highly thought of. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, lower than that, like a vagabond. And then Chris says, I'm proud to be an actor. And he says, you are my son. You will inherit the skull throne. Follow my footsteps. Um, you know, I do not want to be the father. Let the, the line end with you. He walks, you know, walks away. So there's definitely... Okay.
0: That's there's definitely... I always thought that scene was a bit dramatic, really, when you consider that it's literally the second Phantom trying to pass on to the third. Like, there's not a huge tradition so far. Uh Yeah, let the line die with you. It's a line of two so far. That's just two dots <laughs> line. And then the
2: second Phantom says, we no longer have a son. I understand that, yeah, it's pretty harsh, but if you want to take it, you know, they've actually kind of followed what Lee Fork himself has set up in this story, which, again, uh this is... Uh, the Sunday Story, number 84, which was back in the 70s,
0: I believe it was. And that that The Wig is one of my favourite stories. I actually am lucky enough to own one of the pages of the original art from that one. Um, and I was sought after it because it was such a uh, a favourite story of mine. I was really keen on getting a panel with William Shakespeare in it, actually. Um, but unfortunately, someone else had already picked that one up. I was very happy with the page I got, nonetheless. But my point be- is that... The fact that William Shakespeare was brought into the fandom history by um, Lee Falk there has provided what's turned out to be, I think, a really interesting inside uh, or, or way in for Klaus uh, Romanthe when he wrote this because, uh, you know, all of the, the stuff we've talked about aside, I think that the um, the the building up of the, that Shakespeare element um was was could have been could have been of course everything can be done better in hindsight and we're all experts you know from this side of the 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 typewriter screen um but i really liked the way that he took shakespeare to venice because as as dudley points out um shakespeare loved Venice and, and wrote into a couple of his plays and he would have really enjoyed going there um That element of part two, you know, I've got some concerns with in terms of the plot, but I'll talk about that later. But um, also bringing in the sonnets and the Dark Lady in particular. So tying the Dark Lady of Leonore um, to Shakespeare and the way that they've done that. And how that inserts in in Shakespeare's actual history, um, because he did write a bunch of sonnets that it featured a dark lady, and there's all this conjecture in English classes and, and um, university tutorials all over the world who study literature as to who's the dark lady and what are they, how are these sonnets different from the fair boy sonnets, and you know, there's all these different. Um, that, that I thought typing into mm. that element was exciting for me, and, and I'm a, an English nerd, and, I, and uh, I understand that that's a very small market, um, but it was still it was still done with accuracy, which makes me think. And I'll, I'll segue here back to that historical story stuff, which makes me think that all of that historical stuff that Klaus puts in his stories is 100 percent accurate. He's done his research, and he knows that A, B, C, D happened, and he and he weaves the Phantom story in amongst that you know, in a way that in in the three-part arc, the Queen of England is kidnapped but then saved um, and makes sense why she would have been. Uh, The fact that she was saved by the fandom means that it's not recorded in history, so it still fits. Um, I think sometimes he brings every level of his intricate detail into his historical stories where you don't necessarily need it for a comic book. Um, But that said, as I say, the Shakespeare stuff I really enjoyed. Um, It's probably editorial oversight that has probably been uh, a bit of a down downer in this one rather than any, certainly uh, Lepin we haven't talked about his art but it's magnificent right oh, yeah, throughout. It's good. Mm-hmm. um and I think that lots of the writing is good but the editorial and a good example of this might be in the first issue called man with the silver nose now at what point did you guys realize that Orlando was the man with the silver nose when in the story did that come evident for you? I, by my okay. reckoning, the first time that anyone mentions that Orlando has a silver nose is on page 23, the the, the one that we've had a crack at. Um, issue 99, uh, 1899 on page 23 is the first time that anyone mentions that he's got a silver nose. And then on page 24... Yeah, so about halfway down on page 23, if you want to bring that up on the screen for us later, term, Um, I'd recognise that silver nose anywhere. I think that's the first time it's mentioned on page 23. And then on page 24, he gets it punched off his face. And that's it. That's the only two mentions of it. So an editor, I would have thought, should have picked up on that and gone, hey, hang on, Klaus, if this is called The Men with the Silver Nose, and that's actually an interesting plot point at the end, let's have some mention of it earlier in the piece as well. I thought that but would character- that matter if the if the if the comic wasn't in black and white. Oh, maybe, but at least then you'd think it should be explained. Why would you have this random weird character in the first two or three pages that has just apparently got a silver nose,
1: yeah. like some
2: right. I reckon we wrap up this story. Let's. Anyone got any final points, and we'll move on to the the
0: grown Well, I do. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also really liked the uh, the character of Leon Leonor. Um, I thought that was cleverly done, and particularly the payoff of the assassin being a woman who had trained as a man um, in. And, and, and I take your point, Stephen. I, I'm sure the Jesuits uh, would be particularly unhappy with their portrayal <laughs> here. Uh, but uh, training as a, in a, as a Jesuit assassin, apparently. Yeah, I thought the payoff of that was a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I, break to, break I did have to laugh at that, and I was thinking, "Am I angry about that?" And well, you think about. It. The you know, whenever you think kung fu movies and stuff, they're always you know, monks and that sort of stuff. So, why can't there be some sort of kung fu mm-hmm. so that That's all right, but can't they be the good guys? That's all I ask. <laughs> all right, well, that's good good guys says, for that'd be nice. <laughs> says, we should also talk
0: about uh, the Grey Malkin, which is the three part, the first three parts of eight, we're promised in the first issue, um, in the first story. So, it says that there's an eight, it's an eight part story. We've got the first three parts again i I'll open it the same way first impressions guys uh, Jim we'll start with you this time uh, i I don't know. I am very much undecided on this so far uh, all right that's yeah. a quick overview. We'll come back to pros and
1: cons Stephen. I'm enjoying this one and it's back in the jungle with you know a bit of bit of Maritown or Morristown the, I think that's where they start off and then into into the jungle uh, we've got a couple of it's it, It's not set in the world on fire. It's just a fun little story. It's like the old school adventure, the blunderbuss hunter who's trying to have have things his way, and he's going to cause a a big, you know, big old stuff up maybe, uh, because he's blundering. and He wants to be in charge, but then the fan comes and takes charge, and is a bit rough. I, yeah, I, I'm just enjoying it. It's just it's just a fun little story to put at the end of the the end of the comic, and you got all the the type of language that it's supposed to be suited to the to the mood of the, the piece, to the era of the piece and the, and the way it's written. So I don't mind the language. I, I think it's just fun. It's just a bit silly, and I'm enjoying it.
0: Rob,
1: is it, yeah. it gaslight, though?
0: Well, like, say, so, is, that yeah. your, is that your problem with it, Jim? Because I, I actually agree with quite a lot of what Stephen said, and I saw you nodding from time to time, too. So <laughs> like, there must I, be some elements. I, under- I
2: understand, and I understand You know, it is a fun story, and I like reading a story where... It's not trying, like, and I hope I don't offend the creators in this, but it's not self too serious. It is fun. You know, it's kind of taking the Mickey out of everyone involved. said the Phantom. The Phantom's done with respect. The Phantom is
1: the yeah. Phantom, and he's good.
2: Yeah. yeah. I question whether it is gaslighty. And now I'm not a fan of the gaslight genre, but is there enough gaslight for it to be called Phantom by Gaslight? Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, it's fun. I'll grant you that. I'm not, I get a little bit over these mythical, magical lost tribes or lost animals. And now if it turned out to be like bogus, like I could see that and I could understand that because, you know, back in that era in the 1800s or 1900s, there was a lot of mysteriousness about the jungle and it turns out to be something not so funky. But the fact that we've actually seen the grey malican in issue two and we see a lot of it in issue three. I'm kind of like, Ugh. it's to me, it's I don't know. I've I'm on the fence about this. I'm not going to make a judgment until I
0: read all eight parts. But at the moment, I'm not sold. Well, it's interesting because I actually I liked it for almost everything that you just said. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> um, and, and you're absolutely right. We're at, we're at chapter three of eight, so we're less than halfway through the story, and we do need to judge it uh, in in the same way that we've just talked about the uh, the secret theater. Um, as a three-part total story. It would be ideal to talk about this as as an eight-part title story, but we've got three parts so far. Um, And as I say, I I liked it for almost all of the reasons that you just said. I wasn't critical of, oh, this doesn't feel like a Gaslight story. I did think if this didn't have Phantom by Gaslight at the top, would it make any difference in the answers? No, it's just a good solid 19th, 18th century, uh, 18th or 19th generation Phantom. But I liked all the rest of it. Like, it's it set in 1892. That is when people were actually, white people were actually exploring the jungle for the first time and discovering animals that were, um, you know, this is when they were looking for the Tasmanian tiger. It's a, it's the right era for that sort of stuff. So I, un- I understand that, but I'm
2: a little bit over, and Lee Fork did it to death. Um, a lot of fa- other fandom creators have done it to death as well. It's like, you know, Lost Tribes and Lost you know, bogus animals and funky animals and stuff. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, another one of these type of stories. I'm just not completely sold yet.
0: <laughs> well, see, I was like,
1: oh, good, another one of these type of stories. So, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward me- to the Great Malcolm coming to Eden. Eden Eden's getting a new resident.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would think so. You would think so. To go with the unicorn and the dodo and um,
2: everything. And steggy. Steggy.
0: steggy. steggy. And his and his. is Well, you know, I, I don't think Grey Malkin is anywhere near as outlandish as those characters. Or see when you said supernatural that sort of stuff, Germ. It's it's no, not. It's not just a, just a rare unique, animal. Yeah, it's a unique rare animal. It's, that's that's mm. all there is to it. So um, unless we find out otherwise in future stories, so I, um, one thing I do like about how they've done it is they've written and
2: drawn it well. That each part ends not on a cliffhanger all the time, but it ends on on a on a nice. Lead into the next one. It finishes this part
1: and then leads into the next, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I I think they've done that well. Um, And I think they've done it better than the first Gaslight series. But they just, yeah, there seems to be a little bit more harmonious spirit
0: between the way they're uh, collaborating between each other. So I think they're doing quite well at that. I, th- I think the writing is a lot tighter. I think it's really well-structured, like you've said. I, I did call them cliffhangers in my notes, but I know they're not literally, you know, will really survive type things, but uh, it, it is well-paced. It's well, really well-structured. And I think the this writing is a lot tighter. I think the artwork's a lot tighter than the original Gaslight stuff too. I think that um, uh, Jason's style in this series is... Um, less, it it seems less rushed. I'm sure he does it in just as quick a time because he's that talented an artist, but uh, it just, it it feels like tighter art that helps that tighter story come together, I think. Well, were you disappointed in the very first issue, the the first part of it, Grey Malcolm part one in 1899, that the Phantom was only in Mm. one panel? No. This is what I agree with you, Steve. I think that the the creators are, are playing great respect to the Phantom there because I think that the way that the Phantom emerges in the first issue, um, just seen in the shadows once, watching from the trees, um, but then suddenly has, you know, written on the inside of your tent and uh, taken mm. your guns, and that's the Phantom that I think we... That I, I think this is a really really good story i think it's holding a lot of promise and and it's fun but it's also um i think it 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 hits a lot of phantom tropes which was uh one of the things that we discussed last time so it works on a lot of levels for me
1: and it's also doing the the hiding in plain sight as mr walker you know when the yeah um when the fellow goes to try and contact him and bang already and puts the the little lever down so yeah i already know he's already here (laughs) all
0: right well we should move on because um we're (laughs) probably 30 minutes through the podcast already and only on the three comics which is pretty typical for us we're going to talk about the other kid fan uh, sorry the other free release that came out over the last um couple of uh couple of months and it's one that i think surprised a lot of us when it landed in uh, certainly subscribers it surprised us when it landed in our mailboxes and i and i can only imagine the same when people went back to news agents and and found they were sitting on shelves anyway um i'm not going to talk too much about uh, kid fan because my son angus has already done a review and it's all right, here we are now looking at Kid Phantom number ten, and I'm joined by Angus. How are you, buddy? Good. All right, tell us about this comic book.
4: So this is num- the number ten Kid Phantom book that um, came in the mail.
0: What, what? How did you feel when it came in the mail?
4: I was very surprised because I thought it was um, finished.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, but it's a very it's very good. <laughs>
0: what makes it good?
4: Oh, just the fact that like. This is cool because he's like, it's just very good. Um So,
0: do you mean the cover or the story or both? Both. Okay.
4: I like how he's sticking up for his friend, and oh, I also like the, all the little um, things around the, um, around the books, like
0: oh, graffiti and stuff in that one.
4: Oh. Well, Graffiti, like, but there's bits where, yeah, here, in all the little posters.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Do you know what they mean?
4: Some of them. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, and I I like how, um, like, there aren't a lot of them. Yeah. Like, he's got... Them about him, um, newspapers about himself, because it says goggle-eyed pirates attack tru- hijack trucks.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, right, so what you're saying is throughout the story how there's all the little posters in the background, you like those?
4: Yeah, I, I like, like, searching for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like trying to find them, like, I look on very carefully on each page. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so there's those. What about the story itself?
4: Oh, I, I've very much like the story because he well it's there's really funny it's i like how he figures out who the scientist like really quickly
0: yeah because the scientist was the character from number nine i guess was it or number eight
4: uh the one before it so number nine yeah um yeah and like this bit's funny where he's like we have to go after him find out where he lives investigate well actually i already have i followed him back to his home and garan just never have i been less surprised that bit's really funny
0: (laughs) yeah righto
4: yeah and i like how willingly garan goes along with that like yeah we'll go beat up a bad guy tonight yeah okay (laughs) just ready to go just like oh yeah sure just beat him up (laughs) i don't care why would i care (laughs) Yeah, on oh, this bit, really funny Why he's just like, haven't you heard? I'm the ghost that walks really silent. Like, boom, i incorrect and heavy-footed heavy heavy, heavy footed friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. And so the story keeps going. Did you, like...
4: Oh, yeah, it, it goes with Miriam and... No,
0: in terms of, like, this is a pretty cool page. You've just turned over there to page 16 oh, and 17. Oh, yeah. What's cool about that page?
4: Oh, well, it's very cool because it's got like all the bad guys he's ever faced. Like yeah. it's got that that and um, the two like coyotes, what are mm-hmm. they? Well, wolves, like from when he got Diablo. Yep. It's got um, Captain Cleaver. It's got, got him. <laughs> he's the guy who beat up Duran. Um, shot Farley, The Rat King. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the sword from the pirates with Captain Cleveland. Oh, of course. Um. The Count. Yes. Who wouldn't So him.
0: all of the bad guys from all of the previous
4: episodes. Yeah, and they're not even necessarily his because that's Diablo's nemesis. That it's basically yeah, right. anyone mean he's ever fought. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I like this bit's um a bit satisfying how um. It's, it's satisfying how he, um, the phantom's going, but, um, um, Kit manages to fight him off and realizes it's the scientist actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it is a bit of a shame though with Murian, how it's ending with meanwhile in Mexico hmm, to be continued. Like, if this is the last book...
0: Yeah, and it does say that number 10 is the last book. Um, yeah,
4: it, even here on the milk it says goodbye.
0: Yeah, right, on the <laughs> cover it does say goodbye, well picked up. Um, so, this issue, you liked this issue because it wrapped mm. up the scientists and brought all the big bad guys together. Yeah. Um, thinking about the whole 10 issues now, the whole 10 stories yep. of Kid Fan. Um are you satisfied that it's all wrapped up nice and neat,
4: um, I, I would very much like it to keep going because we haven't even figured out about the Rat King yet.
0: Yeah, true. Okay. Like the
4: Rat King, he, his face is literally a rat. It's yeah. not a mask, it's a rat. Yeah. And I'd really like to figure out how that happened.
0: hmm
4: Yeah. And, like, Captain Cleaver, she dived into the ocean and was never seen... But she, we know she didn't die because Garan said. yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so there's still a bunch of stories they could tell, hey?
4: Yeah. And th- this guy got handed to the police, but he's a criminal expert. He might get out or yep. something. Yep. Mm. Or these guys might even be hunting Diablo because they want...
0: The other yeah. coyotes, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, so so it's a shame, you reckon, that Kid Phantom's finished?
4: Yeah, definitely.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so I know you were quite surprised before when I reminded you it was the last one.
4: Yeah, because it said in the, the disappointed. book... Disappointed. It says in the book before, um, last issue. Yeah. And I yeah. really don't want it to be the last issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to say about Kid Phantom?
4: Um, I, I like how he fights off all the bad guys, like, bang, 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 and he's already gone. And... Like, at, gone. And the... It took him way longer but you can tell he's grown and matured because Captain Cleaver was a very hard fight but when he he beat her by going dum-dum she's gone yeah yeah and they get all blown away once they have defeated him yeah very quickly mm.
0: so I noticed when I went to get you from your room to come down and film this review that you were reading an old Christmas special of the Phantom. Has this suddenly yeah. made you want to read other episodes of the Phantom?
4: Yeah, some. Yeah. yeah. I, I have got like my, three of my own Phantom, actual Phantom comics made before, but Kid Phantom is mainly all the Phantom books I've got because yeah. um, <laughs> you won't let me take them out.
0: You can't, well, <laughs> I've got to get you reading copies for the other ones, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Gus. I've really enjoyed uh, your con- contributions to the podcast with mm-hmm. uh, Kid Phantom, um, reviewing it the whole way through. And uh, we might have to get you to start reviewing some other books now that yeah. uh, Kid Phantom's wrapped up, maybe some of the regular series. Hmm. All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much. And um, what do we always say at the end of the podcast?
4: Uh, happy Phantoming.
0: Yeah, very good. for a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. What were you guys' thoughts?
2: Um, It was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed the Easter eggs. You know, that that was good. I liked how it was... You can tell this was not the way it was originally intended to wrap up the series, but I liked how it did wrap up the series.
0: It did it it in a hurry without feeling rushed.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's a good description. But
2: overall, it was fun. We, we've talked about it before, but it's a bit sad that it's happened, that it's that it's ended. But you can't you can't complain. I like the letter at the end. Um, it just it felt wrapped up nicely.
1: Yeah.
0: Jan,
2: I,
1: yeah, I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, the, the it, it's wrapped it up nicely, but still with a opportunity to go on if if that possibility ever resists wonderfully shaped head yeah it would be um (laughs) great to see it go
0: Gus actually rattles through a few few different ways that uh, they could extend it if they wanted to because he's pretty sad that it's all over as well is there any particular um easter eggs that you'd like to to point out that you feel that was a that was a nice one the best one for me is the one on page eight
2: i'll try and zoom it up uh where, where my fingers is Yep. You see the young defenders of the earth for me. That was posters above the lockers. Our new Patreon section for this month. When Dan does it, uh, there is a picture of what uh, young Flash Gordon was going to look like as well. So, we've been given that by Paul uh, Mason, who's given us permission to put it up on our Patreon. Oh, so, cool.
0: there's barely a page without an Easter egg, as you, as you flip oh, through. Um it's, Steve. It's, do you have anyone that you'd like to particularly
1: highlight? My, yeah, like you said on every page there's there's one that you just got to chuckle or, or smile at but i think the one on page one or page three i should say the, the first page of the actual comic Glenford ford high, junior high school of course we know who Glenford ford is but the the queer umberland i thought i reckon i know what that's going to mean and yeah it's ghosty walks in latin, written in latin and established <laughs> 1936 i thought that was brilliant yeah. i I like that. And the Jim Shepard for class president, that's just... Yeah, that's
0: really <laughs> cool. I'll uh, I'll also give a shout out to um, I'm I'm sure I am going to bet that this is Glenn's uh, sorry Paul's favorite Easter egg and that'd be the one on page three there four page four <laughs> the teacher there a hundred percent is uh, Amanda his partner so yeah. uh, and and drawn really well so very, thank you very much Paul for all of the work that you've put into to Kid Phantoms so I think they've they've been magnificent Andrew's writing since uh, he's been involved. Uh, has really sh- helped shape it as well, and to see Glenn Ford actually put a few words up on Facebook earlier this week um, in recognition with Kid Phantom Ten having wrapped up um, and, and acknowledging all the hard work that had gone into the scenes behind it, and sort of um, paying tribute to the series himself. Yeah, exactly.
1: Just, just seen something else which I didn't really notice or didn't click when I first read it. Page five, when he's getting rid of the rid of, rid of the bully, and there's a skull mark that's kind of flown off in amongst all the stars and stuff. So even without, you know, punching the dude and leaving the skull mark, there's still the skull mark. He's done the Phantom thing and being rough on Roughnecks and left him with the skull mark. Even, you know, it didn't man on his face, but the skull mark is still incorporated into the art. Not, should, have he,
2: um, should have he added an old jungle saying, saying that's the one <laughs> trope that we said that should be in every Phantom
0: story is an old jungle saying? So They could have been new jungle sayings for Kid Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um
2: what did you, you guys think yeah, Miriam Mur- Mur- Um like like for me, I I reckon we just talked about the last panel. Yeah. That's the that's the Black Panther uh not the Black Panther, that's Panther, which is the um one that we're seeing in Giant Size. Does that mean that we're gonna be seeing more of uh Mirian in um, giant size, you reckon?
0: It's the only, uh, it's the only hope. Do you want to see murian in giant size? I uh, enjoy the art. Um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's it, it's an interesting one because you're right. That seems to be the only avenue left for uh, murian if that's a series that they want to continue. And it says right at the 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 last words are to be continued. So, but it doesn't. It wouldn't seem to fit in giant size. Giant size is for. Like old blokes who are older than us trying to relive their um or, or, or recapture the, the nostalgia of comics past, um, and yet Murian is like a brand new comic, um, that's been started in a kid's book. I don't, they would seem so far removed from each other, it would seem like an odd way to keep that story going. It, it, it makes sense
2: because there's the crossover with the panther, but I, yeah, I don't understand it myself. I kind of lost interest in her when they changed the fact that she's not wearing a phantom uniform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's when
2: I kind of lost interest in series. the series.
0: It, because it's, it, it's really loose, isn't it? It's in the phantom universe, but it has no phantom characters that we're, it's trying to establish a whole new phantom character. And it's just, there's no need for it. Cause there's already so many good phantom characters that could be explored without needing to bring in a, you know, uh, a Zuffy, which is what yeah, she yeah. seems to be.
2: Well, I would have been okay if it if she kept the Phantom uniform.
0: Uh, well, she didn't, um, and uh, it would be, it'd seem unlikely that we're going to hear much from her and uh, watch this space, I suppose, but um, I find it hard to see how they would. Um, so those are all of the comics that have been released in Australia over the last little while. Let's um, head overseas. Um, we're going to hear from Mikael now who is going to review the latest Phantom Men stories for us. Thank you very much, Mikael.
5: Welcome back for another Fantomen review with me, Mikael from Sweden. I'm going to go through one Phantomman comic. It's double issue 1819 of 2021. It has a pretty cool cover by Luca Arbata and it's a crazy full fa- four phantom stories packed in this double issue. The main story is Gränsfloden. The Border River by Klaus Ramerti and Kari Leppanen. The Rhodian military is seen on the Bengala side of the border doing some kind of mining. I don't want to spoil the story, but uh, let me say that I thought this concept was quite smart and cool. And then there's no less than three classic stories. We have the team Phantom story Children of the Fog but now colored it was first released in 86 in sweden and 1988 in australia in issue 895 of fruit it's written by Di Darrell and art by george bess this is a bit mysterious about a ship with only children showing up at the maury shore i enjoyed this so much this is how I want my 80 stories to be, and uh, to see it with this amazing coloring. There's a lot of time and effort doing these colorings and checking them, and it really shows here, it's great. And we have two Falk McCoy stories, the Toadman, and let's see here. the shoplifters. and Both are in black and white Uh, and in my opinion the Toadman I have read several times and the humor is on point well thought of plot and a bit of exciting when the phantom infiltrates the bad guys. The shoplifters on the other hand is not very good everyone in this story is incredibly stupid and can't imagine what the culprits are doing and even though it makes perfect sense even Diana starts believing she imagined it instead of being seeing the obvious it infuriates me to read this uh, classic story except for all these four stories there's also an editorial piece of uh, the phantom audio stories uh, over here and uh, that's uh, all the audio stories that have been published in sweden with uh, the phantom and uh, pretty fun read all in all very good uh, uh, content and then we get the information about the next issue it's uh, two uh, dailies uh, not daily uh, newspaper stories it's uh, the free avarian front and uh, the ghost wall that we will see in the next issue that's all for me thank you oh look at that my beautiful game is on the ad in the back great See you next time. Happy phantoming.
0: All right. Good on you, Mikhail. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your input as always. And as we say every time, um, if you are from a country that has got comics being published and we're not talking about them on the podcast, please get in touch with us because we'd love to hear uh, people from South America or Central Europe or wherever current comics are being produced um, and, uh, and let the rest of the world know about what's going on in your country. Anyway, if we go to international Phantom Comics and the dailies and the Sundays are still being published internationally via Comic Kingdom website and uh, hopefully in your local newspaper, um, we we have started talking about these uh, a lot more in our comics and news podcasts lately, and um, it's been well received. So we're going to continue with the uh, with the tradition that we've uh, recently established. We're going to start with the Sunday story, Jeff Weigel and Tony DePaul, of course. The the, the story, the Visitor, about six or eight more panels since last time we spoke about it. Um, um, Steve what are your
1: thoughts on the uh, the way the story's going I don't mind the story I don't mind this this visitor character I'm, I'm keen to see um, where he goes like in the last couple of weeks we they've we got the couple bit more information about him uh, they think they might have been, been there right when the first phantom took the oath all, all that sort of stuff uh, well it's not really info it's kind of like wonderings or yeah And now we in today's uh, Sunday, he's actually there in the the cave with him. So I'm keen to see where it's going next. So I don't mind that aspect of the story. When when the story first started and there was this change of costumes over the years, I thought, oh, this is interesting. I'll I'll see how this goes. As the weeks have progressed, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. I always liked the fact that the Phantom looked like the Phantom with some very minor uh, adjustments throughout the years, you know, there might be the the boot, the style of the boots, or and you know the weapons, of course, but um, but the suit and those sort of things look the same. Now I realize that if we to be realistic, yeah, of course the the cow would be a bit uh, more saggy around there. It wouldn't be tight. It wouldn't be the lycra or whatever material we think that it's made out of now. So realistically, yes, you can see the differences in the suit, but. I like the suit always being the skin tight, traditional, what we've always seen. So, I've, I, yeah, when it started, I thought this could be interesting. I don't know where I sit. I, now I sit, I wish they didn't muck around with the suit.
2: So what about the poster that's obviously come from this story and you can yeah. read about the origins of the poster on our website? I,
1: I see that it's sold out and I didn't buy one. Maybe I'll get one later, but it's it's not... I think it's well done. And I think it looks great, but it's not something that I've really. Yeah, I'm. I'm. In, I'm in two minds because I like Jeff Wiggles' art. I like the way it looks, but I just don't like the concept of the suit changing. So, what
0: about you, Dan? Do you like the actual suit change? Oh, I'm. Um, I'm a bit the same as Steve, but less so, I suppose. Um, I really liked it when it was introduced in the the costume chamber or the chamber of costumes or whatever it was called. And there was the mannequins around. And um, as Jeff's explained it in his Facebook post, um, that uh, he thought, well, this is going to look boring if I have 21 of the same costume and it would. Um, in yeah. the- well, um, it
1: makes sense that. Yeah
0: yeah um so he he asked tony DePaul, do you mind if i mix it up a little bit and, and and age appropriate them or era appropriate the costumes tony said go for it and and so this is what we've got and then the natural flow over of course is um there's going to be those costumes uh throughout these sorts of historical or back t- back stories that um chronicle stories that the the fandom tells so I liked it in the chamber. I liked it less in the story once you actually see Phantoms getting around in that garb, and it's probably one that I have not, uh, an element that I have not enjoyed when Team Phantom artists have done it, and they have in the past uh, to various degrees. Um, but uh, Jeff seems to have really gone with it. In terms of the poster, and we're going to talk do a bit more of a deep dive on the poster later, um, or maybe we won't have to now, but um, in terms of the poster, yeah, I like the poster um and i did get a copy of it and um i'm sure that the sold out button just means that they need to go and print more and that they will um but and and so you'll get you'll be able to get your copy steve but if that was you know we've been talking about a phantom bible uh, my my um stipulation on liking it i suppose would be that if as long as other artists then follow that and go okay well that's the third artist the third phantom and that's what he looks like or the fifth phantom with the the weird looking beret that i'm not sold on yet um but it's but if everyone doesn't and that's just what the fifth phantom did then um you know so be it uh i could yeah I, i'm with you steve because traditionally i like my phantoms to all look the same but realistically i can understand how they're close enough that generations of people would still think they're the same man so it's not foreign to or breaking phantom stories or old jungle sayings for that matter um, but yeah I'm probably liking it more than I'm not. But it's just weird to see it in a Sunday or a daily because we... I wonder if it's...
2: Yeah, I wonder if it's just because we're not used to it. Like, if we grew up with it, yeah. or if we had this conversation in five, ten years' time, it wouldn't bother bother us. But because it's so new, I reckon that might be the reason why some hardcore fans are struggling with it a bit more than... And you're not the only ones as well. You know, there's other ones. I've, I've read some comments from uh, some more vocal fans like Ivan and, and some others as well who have voiced their displeasure as well. What about yeah. you? I'm on the fence. I, I like, <laughs> we all like this for, <laughs> yeah, for,
1: for very serious, one. Yeah. I'm not. I've
2: said that I... It, it makes sense. It, you know, for everything that you've said, it makes sense and all that. It's just... I'm just not used to it yet. If, if we... If Jeff does this for every, and Mike does it, and then say, um, you know, we're already, but we're already seeing it in the, um, in the, what do you call it, in the Phantom by Gaslight? There's seams in the costume, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that as well. So, if if we see it more regularly, I think it will just become a natural progress and it will become law. But if we never see it again, it's just a, a unique
0: oddity. Well, maybe we should have added that to the poll. the uh, The fact that the costume never changes; it's exactly the same forever and a day, four hundred years. The first one looks exactly like the last one. Um, anyway, um, it, it must be coming to an end soon. This story, I would have thought. I actually, every week for the last probably three, I've thought, oh well, next week will be the last one, and they'll wrap this up. Um, it, it's it's eking on a little bit. It will be interesting to see how it comes together as a as a as a printed full story in a comic book. Well, although what's happened today has uh, opened up a potential for a lot more storyline, hasn't it?
2: Well, I, I love today's panel, especially where he's where he's locked up, devil, and they're piecing it together, and it's like he's here, he's here, he's been in here all evening. It's it's like, well, what's going to happen now? I, I, it's a brilliant writing. As I just hope, they, are eight, they going to
1: talk? I want to hear him. Yeah, the, I hope the payoff the is going to worth. Communicate with them.
2: I hope what the payoff the payoff is going to come. Is worth what we're going to see um yeah. and we're going to remember tony DePaul in his words that we have shared in this podcast before has said that he expects some fans not to like this story
0: yeah yep yeah. so well and that's fair because there's lots of fans yeah. who don't like um the who's the who's and the Steggy stories so you know there's uh sure, um, it can't be as, surely it can't be as bad as that <laughs> All right, the daily that uh, we're in the midst of and will be for quite some time to come by the by the sense of what Tony said, uh, that this is, he thinks, could end up being the longest fandom story. We do need to make a, an amendment or an acknowledgement um, that, that I stuffed up uh, in our last Comics and News. Steve couldn't join us, uh, but he did send some notes in about the story um, and I read some of those, most of those notes when we were uh, actually discussing the, the daily last time and uh, in his notes, Steve acknowledged or he mentioned that uh, we've got to remember that Old Man Moz is just telling this story and we don't know, you know, whether it's actual Actually happening or not, and I. It turns out that that was a really important thing that I should have said, Steve. <laughs> um, and I think have not uh, said any of the other stuff. But that right. <laughs> um, so. I think that next time you just need to reprioritize your life, get on the podcast more, <laughs> I prioritize getting here so you can actually say it for yourself because uh, that's turned out to be quite uh, quite observant and quite
1: appreciative of you to to see that. Well, yes. thank you, Dan. Your apology is is accepted, and. Um, I hope everyone's looking forward to episode 200 where this kind of actually comes up or what was it mentioned in the, in the bite size podcast the other day? Yes, it Uh, was.
2: uh, We did that because, and if you haven't listened to episode 196, a please do. Um, It's part of the recording for episode 200, which has already been recorded and waiting for us to churn through the next couple of podcasts so we can release that. Tony talks a lot about this story. He talks about future Sunday stories, future stories, um, and then we kind of combined it all into a 15-minute bite for people to talk about, uh, for people to listen, because he actually talks about how this story is going to feature, we're going to see how the 21st Phantom dies, which is quite exciting. I, I missed this, so well done, Steve. I, I missed this um, panel, and talking to some others on the podcast that we recorded as well, I wasn't the only one who missed it
1: and yeah so for those of you looking at the screen uh, you'll see that and if you if you're not listening to it or if you're not watching us on the screen and just listening to us uh, in the panel uh, what day was it uh, the, 30th the 30th of june 30th of june so panel one we've got um, the phantom lounging down with old man moz under a tree by the campfire and what's important is the border of that of that cell or that that um that image is straight it's a straight rectangular border Mm. the next one as old moz is telling the story has got the jagged uh jagged edges of the of the rectangle so uh which often denotes either a dream or a story or or something usually in in, well whenever i've read a comic that's what it symbolizes so uh
2: the other the other clue was it's the same panel as this one which is on which was the 28th of june it's but it's on a different angle where this so that was the other the other visual clue that they gave but um well done steve
0: so have you got it is it is pretty subtle i would say um and it would be easy to miss that that panel change um so there'll be lots of and i didn't see it the first time i knew about it after steve had mentioned in the chat but then Course didn't say it in the podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, yeah it it might have been worth making that a little bit more obvious, I think. Yeah. I
1: don't so know that's that's a little bit of you know, is he or isn't he, you know, a bit of, that's a bit of mystery. but yeah, No, 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 it does. Yeah. It does for you who picked it up. But for
0: all of us who didn't pick it up, um, you know, we have, we've missed what's going to turn out to be a pretty important part. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, maybe I'm just trying to make excuses for my own lack of, uh, lack, of <laughs> lack of observation.
2: But we'll, we'll, we'll go into, so these are the, so again, on YouTube, I'm bringing up the panels that, that has appeared since the last podcast which is where he's um, taught to
0: Savannah. I'll just flick through these. Fair, yeah. to, say, fair to say, this story of Old Man Moz is really, really detailed. He, yeah, um, he has a lot of detail. He's capturing every blow, every thought, every, uh, every duck and dive. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's a ripper of a story. The action in this um, escape from Gravelines sequence is just amazing.
1: Yeah, Well, I'd say is the fans hearing the story. And he's kind of putting it, filling in the blanks as to, you know, when you hear a story, you hear it with your own background. Yeah. You know what you would do in that situation. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Moz is giving the outline. He's forming it in his head.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: But there was, if you go back a couple of the germ, I remember reading something on Tony's blog. Keep going, please. Yeah, that one. He, he gave special mention to, to Mike in this panel in particular with the way that um he's drawn savannah the way that, you know just the whole body he was giving big props to um to mike manning and his artwork on this particular uh, scene so that is a really dynamic
0: picture of savannah isn't it we're on the um, 18th of august and uh yeah but tell you what for someone who's been in prison for a long time just sitting in a cell she is ready to go um <laughs> looking buff and uh not not dropping half a pace behind the very fit phantom
1: <laughs> well revenge can give you superhuman hu- powers sometimes and, if, <laughs> and through the whole thing she's he's trying to calm her down you don't shoot him you know you've got the flame floor or the rocket launcher or whatever just <laughs> calm down <laughs> yeah yeah we're not we <laughs> killing anybody if we can help it you know <laughs> yeah this one yeah, it just steals a tommy gun off her <laughs> yeah like <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: yeah, the, the actions the actions good. I I also like how the, like the phantoms doing the little, the little one liners, the little the commentary uh, uh, during the action, and it's what we grew up on the in the eighties and the nineties before the action movies and stuff like that. And you know, I used to like that. I used to just like laughing and you know getting a
0: chuckle out of those little one liners with Arnie and yeah, and, and those Dan, those were yeah. a leaf orc stable all the way back, mm-hmm. weren't they? So it's part of. Um, it's part of the Phantom writing that Tony DePaul has continued really, really well and brought his own slant to it. Laughing in the face of danger.
2: So it's it's interesting to see how we're knowing what we know about how this story is going to portray the Phantom's death. It's interesting how it's how how we're going to get there because we don't know that yet. Didn't yeah. I'm just I'm curious on where we're going from here and how, I guess, are we going to have like one adventure of breaking out of Gravelands and then there's going to be another adventure in the jungle or, or, you know, how 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 is he going to do it? Where what has he got in mind? Because
1: um, he's he's always said that the Phantom's lost, like mm. wherever he dies, he's lost. People can't find him, and so interesting to see how he gets there. The mm. the attention to detail on the vehicles and the and the weapons, I think, is phenomenal yeah and mike
2: that. and mike talked about that in episode 200 as well he shows us a couple of his props as well which was um kind of interesting uh do you remember that steve
1: His prop? oh yeah <laughs> i'm thinking the cars i didn't see any model cars no it wasn't a
2: car
1: okay you have,
2: have to hang in and
0: watch episode 200 to that yeah. that
2: one yeah. um anything, anything else you just want to talk about on this one have you guys been following it as it's been going like day I have, by day?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. or oh, every second or third day, I've been, I've been yeah. following it. That's a very good panel as well.
0: Oh, I love that um, that front on image of the Phantom there. That's a great picture yeah. oh. on the, the of Hint of September. the bow up there. And, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: and the, just like the atmosphere with the with the fog and and you know the different size panels and it's just um yeah, yeah it's done a very good job. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, I'm um, looking forward to uh, reading more as that one progresses. I feel like we'll be talking about The Rack and Ruin of Gravelines for uh, a few comics and users to come as, uh, as the story unfolds. Um, we've mentioned it a few times there. Don't uh, miss episode 200. I know it's um, probably a month or so away. Um, <clears throat> as you listen to this, if you're if uh, jumping on it as soon as it lands in your subscription inbox, um, but episode 200 is a special one with all three King Features uh, creators, Tony DePaul as writer, Mike Manley and uh, Jeff Weigel as the two artists joining us and our Patreons um, for a, a question and answer sh- session that we uh, just kept on going, and uh, I hope you. Look, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that because when I say us, I wasn't there, unfortunately. But uh, looking forward to hearing that myself. Otherwise, if you, uh, whether you agree or disagree with what we say, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, what we have been finding finding is it's mostly people who disagree. People who agree with us tend not to write in. Uh, but I guess that's uh, I guess that's 2021. Um, anyway, if you want to um, if you want to let us know why we're wrong about what we're saying, then make sure you get in touch with us via the social media channel uh on facebook we're at chroniclechamber.com or we also coordinate the phantom collector group uh we're on twitter at chronicle underscore tweet on instagram at chronicle chamber and of course youtube just search for chronicle chamber and you will find us there anyway um news uh phantom news over the last couple of uh couple of months and um it was teased earlier this week. It's gone straight to the top of the run sheet, and we've actually already mentioned it in the pod, and that's the uh, the news from Fru about the Phantom Generations poster that is available for sale, and I wouldn't be surprised if German is working on getting that up in front of us as we speak on the YouTube. Um, it was actually teased a little bit uh, early, probably four or five days. We saw a couple of individuals on Facebook post that they had uh, at least digital copies of the uh, of the image um it does show the the 21 phantoms and the link to it germ's actually just showing us there is the one that the the, the image is on our on our uh, website chroniclechamber.com 22 phantoms so the 17 generation uh, sorry the 21 generations of the phantom and the the 22 phantoms that have uh, held that mantle including, um including julie walker correct yep correct Alright, um so we've talked about it briefly
1: already. Steve, you said you didn't buy the poster, why is that? One I didn't have the I wasn't on Facebook or whatever, quick enough to, to get it. I had other things to spend my money on. Uh, like I said, yes, I think it's done really, really well. I really like the art, but having the Phantom in different costumes is not something that sits well with me right now. I might still buy it when it when it's when they print off more copies. Like if I was at Supernova And I saw that I'd buy it straight away. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But seeing as it's, I've got to order it online, well, you know, there's that extra degree of difference and uh, distance. And I don't need to buy it right now. It's not the top of my priorities.
2: Did you get a copy? I missed out as well because I was busy organizing some other people from uh, WA who wanted a a copy. Um, We have confirmed with Glenn Ford, even though it says that it was sold out at the time of recording. That, um, there is more than this, so they just need to update the website, which you made mention before as well, so if you haven't brought it yet, don't freak out. They are going to get more. Just keep checking the website. you know, if you've got some friends, buy them together because I think they I think on the on their website, they say that you eight. Can have eight before the shipping changes, so yeah you know, so it means it'll be twenty five dollars and twenty seven dollars including shipping, which is a lot which is a lot better than saying. $35. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, um, I'll, I'll probably get it, but I've got ai I still owe people for a few other things yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I better pay them.
0: Well, I think uh, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been so popular and it will continue to be popular enough that um, it will, it will continue to, to be printed. Now, I guess that is, you've just scrolled there past the rest of the story, Jim. You must have um, taken a bit of Tony DePaul's words and, uh, uh, and even Jeff Weigel, what he put in his Facebook post explaining the uh, origin of the story, of the poster?
2: Yes. So on that link that I just um, showed, the link will be on all of our show notes. The story behind the poster, behind the image, behind the with what we've talked about in Jeff Weigel's own words as well. Um, so, yeah. So have a look at that. Have a read of it. I this. really enjoyed Sp- the idea
0: that it was yeah. actually a commission from a fan, someone who'd seen the costume, the costume, the, chamber of costumes and then gone Gee, what, what about an extension of that um and has actually sent that idea into jeff and uh that's become so popular that now all of a sudden you know we're seeing it all over the uh the the phantom side of the internet um and it's uh, pop, a poster that's so popular and through that it sells out within about 12 hours and and,
1: and good on through for getting that out there um people you know has having a lot lot of good news over these past 18 months And through at the moment, the Sydney lockdown has been absolutely devastating for for people up in Sydney. And they're not getting many people, you know, they already uh, run on, you know, very skeleton staff. And so that's been decimated already with lockdowns. So the fact that they're still getting out a a comic every, you know, two weeks or whatever, plus now they've got this poster coming out, well done. Yes, we've got some delays, like uh, my local comic shop didn't have issue 1901. And like I said before, they still don't have the Kid Phantom there. But other places have, have got them, so well yeah. done, through for still getting out a, a product every couple of weeks. If we've got to wait a day or two extra, then we got to wait a day or two extra. It's not like Fru alone in that. I'm waiting for stuff, other stuff from Sydney as well. It's taken two weeks over from from when I um, expected it to arrive. So hang tight. If you're getting something from Sydney, you just got to be a bit more patient. Mm. Um, some of the staff have
2: actually. Uh, I'm not allowed to actually travel to the office, so they're actually bringing in temporary staff to help do all the shipments and all that. Um, I, I haven't gotten my haven't gotten my past three issues yet from
0: um, from Fru. so I'm just buying them from the newsagent. So to write something nice into into Fru, I'd absolutely recommend that because um, they're doing some really good work for us at the moment. I know we get accused sometimes of being. Uh, uh, fruit, the fruit cheese squad and probably I'm the leader of that um, to be honest but I really like the work that they do, and I think most of our listeners will as well. And it doesn't hurt to, uh, in in times like these, to actually send a kind word in to um, through at throughpublications.com.au If you want to send them an email, Um, Dudley won't won't, won't want to publish everything in his um, letters to the editor, but it wouldn't hurt for him to have some nice things in there um, and appreciative stuff for what they are able to continue to do for us. All right. So, other other publishers around the world. Let's go to news from India. Um, We had a a story on the website that discussed the situation between Regal Publishers and Shakti Publishers over in India at the moment, and a bit of confusion as to who owns the license and does the license, owning the license actually mean anything. um, All that sort of stuff. So, a bit of confusion there. Um, Ankit is uh, our man on the ground in India if you like and we've asked him, uh, reached out to him to, to try and explain the situation for us.
3: Thank you guys, uh, I'm Ankit and I will be bringing you some news from uh, India regarding the Phantom so as we have, if you follow the news what's happening, we've got another new publisher which is Shakti Comics who are new and have the Phantom license so there was speculation how you know the things are going to work because Uh, Regal comics has already been printing uh, the Phantom for like about a year now and um, And Shakti coming in so we will always we were kind of we were all speculating like how the differences in stories or what the whole publishing schedule will be so uh, So but Shakti announced that they were the first story. They're going to print is the curse of old man Moss, and uh, Which was it's a modern daily story and uh, as we all know even regal has been doing modern daily stories, so so it's still the speculation is pretty much still on like how the stories and everything are going to be separated uh, Secondly, uh, they have also announced the uh, more details that uh, you know, uh, they, they are planning to get it out in September the first They had first said the first week or the last week of August but that didn't happen And uh, it's still like on for September as so far as I know And um, so like we are in the middle of September already so I'm guessing sometime maybe late September or something and uh, some other details is it's going to be having that one story and it's going to be 72 pages so which is uh, very uh, interesting because uh, as we all know the daily story is not uh, that long if you put it in four strip panels but what they are doing is they're editing the whole uh, daily strip and they are making some panels larger and some smaller and um, things we can only uh, see how it is designed and everything once we actually get the book in hand so yeah So it's going to be about 72 pages and it's going to cost 200 rupees which is the same price as a a Regal issue which is again interesting because Regal prints about two stories in glossy paper for you know the same price but yeah we have to wait and see what's up with this and another detail that was uh, released was that uh, The cover art was being done by uh, um, Indian comics legendary artist, you know Anupam Sinha, and he's been uh, he's he's a synonymous name for all those who followed like Indian comics, especially Raj Comics with Nagaraj, Super Commando Dhruv, and uh, those. So yeah, it's 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 a a big catch for them because uh, pretty much everybody who's been reading Hindi uh, comics definitely know who Anupam Sinha is and. So yeah, him doing the first ever issue of Shakti Comics Phantom is a big catch. Uh, Over on to Regal Comics, they, I am sure they are also like somewhere like two months are down and their plan was, you know, three books every two months. So since it's September, I'm guessing sometime in the middle of September or end of September, they're going to start pre-orders for the next three. So which will be issues, I think, 16, 17 and 18. And uh, the thing is... uh, the one of them is probably going to be a, a, a tribute to Clive Rimmerthi, and uh, which is a big thing because uh, Mr. Rimmerthi's uh, passing in the re, you know recently was a very very sad uh, event, and uh, and all the fans have been kind of like you know waiting to see what the big publishers all over the world like Egmont, and Fru and you know Regal and everybody who's ever publishes the Phantom, you know do for uh, you know to you know kind of pay tribute to this man and yeah so that's one of the things and i'm looking forward to it so yeah that's about the news from india and we are really eagerly waiting to see what happens because very soon this month and the next month might begin with like we might have four issues of the phantom one from shakti three from regal coming in so it's a great time to be a phantom fan so yeah thank you guys over back to you
0: all right, so uh, Jim, you, you've spoken to Enkit quite a bit and, and that's some great insight that he's just provided us. Um, what's your take on the situation over there?
2: Confusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that seems um, common. <laughs> yeah,
2: confusion. Uh, look, I don't really know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting just to watch this space to see what kind of happens. The situation's different to say what happened with Dynamite and Last Phantom it's different but it's not different in a in a certain uh way look i i'm i'm unsure how the two publishers are going to be able to print stories from the same era at the same time in the same language plus other languages i don't know if it's sustainable. So that's probably my concern. And if it's not sustainable, my other concern is how can, you know, will we see one still published the phantom or will they just both throw in the tower? And then we go back 10 years or back a couple of years when we see nothing being published in India. That's probably my concern is mm. that it has the potential of us going backwards and not seeing the phantom publishing because we need the indian the indians to buy phantom comics because it's a huge
0: market and it could be
2: uh, a key to unlocking the phantom's popularity again
0: so forgive my ignorance are regal and shakti based in the same city are they geographically close to each other because distribution is probably going to be really important here um if for instance and, and you may be able to answer the question as to where they are but if regal is in southern india as Shakti is in northern India, and their paths don't cross, then perhaps this is entirely achievable. Maybe. They're, they're, 20, like you said, market, it's yeah. a billion people. The fruit yeah. survives in Australia on the, by the skin of their teeth sometimes, but we've got a market of 25 million, a small fraction of which are buying fandom yeah. um, comics. You get that same small fraction buying from a billion population. That's a lot of sales. So yeah, there, is, yeah. there is the potential there for them to share it, as long as they're probably not side by side in the same news agency yeah. or whatever the, the case may be and
2: to be positive And, you know, I like how you're bringing a positive spin on it because we can all be negative. Um, and I think we've probably portrayed a bit of a negative side at times. So I like your positivity. I hope you're right. And I hope that they can both flourish and, and grow and produce a good comic side by side. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the first comic from Shakti. Um, I see on Facebook that they've just announced uh, that they're hiring new staff as well. So that will be interesting to see how that goes and whether that means they're going to be producing more comics and, and stuff like that as well. So
0: I guess Regals, let's just wait and see. Regals have been available on the Fru website. Do you expect that Shakti will as well? It's um, a good question.
2: If the product is good, I would say yes. Because if you look at the Regal comics, and I've, I've got all of them, and I'm not sure if you've picked up any of them yet, but you can see, you can see our reviews uh, that Anchor has been doing on the website as well. It's a great, it's a great product. It's a good it's, quality product, yeah. Some could argue that it's even better than a free comic.
0: Oh, I think in terms of the paper quality and the print quality, um, it probably is a better quality product in that regard. Um, yeah, at least for doing new stories and their own stuff as well, and it's a mix and not just uh, yep. newspaper stuff. So, um, yeah, it, but as, a, as a, a quality story to read, if you're just reading that story, you probably would go for a regal over the same story published in a fru. We will produce... And publish reviews of
2: the comics when they come out.
0: All right. Um, something I know that I'm so very excited about is the uh, the Phantom card game. Um, it was since last time we spoke, uh, the Mikhail Leek from Leek by Games, Games by Leek, um, has um, announced that he's worked on and has developed and is about to throw onto Kickstarter the expansion pack uh for the phantom card game now we could uh try and summarize and tell you all about it but we do have access to the man who knows exactly what's going on so let's hear a little bit from michael about the expansion pack for the phantom card game
5: hello michael here with a special announcement today last year i created and kickstarted the phantom the card game and now the expansion is also ready for kickstarter It is called Tarin Mavitan and it's based on the Sunday Story with the same name, written by Tony DePaul and art by Graham Nolan. The expansion features the adventure, reward cards, new keywords and more. I hope you will join me in this journey with a new Kickstarter that starts on 5th of October. And if this sounds interesting, please click the link in the description below to follow the campaign page. See you there. Happy phantoming!
0: Um, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about the prospect of this. Um, where are you guys at with it?
2: I think, I think everyone's excited.
0: Um, I like how he's waited
2: for the Australians to get their, well, the regular Australian backers to get their game. And then it's kind of like a, a month window. And then we're going to have the Kickstarter campaign to start. So I'm not sure whether that was done by design or, or a happy coincidence. I think it's good. Uh, Michael has told us also that, um, that the shipping problem for the Australian backers and to a lesser extent, the American backers has been solved as well. He's come up with a, a, a better solution. So that shouldn't happen again, yeah. uh, which is good. It's good to see that, you know, that he's identified a problem and then fixed it. But yeah, I, I, like, the, I like the cover art by um, Henrik Selström. I love the story. It's one of my favourite modern day stories um so yeah let's look forward to it i've always liked following kickstarter campaigns
0: they're, they're fun i've always liked it ever since the phantom one started coming on board so <laughs> yeah uh no i'll be certainly uh getting a uh jumping on board and pledging and and buying and all the rest of it because uh, lucky enough to have had my phantom card game for quite a while and uh really looking forward to being able to see some of the more really high quality product that he produces too i think that when the only complaints, certainly that I've seen that have been um, come out about the Phantom Card Game is how long it's taken to arrive. Well, that's that's not Mikel's fault, um, and as you say, he's he's fixed it for the next one by uh, getting a better distributor. I think everyone should be looking forward to this and the, and the quality of the product that is coming out. Um, watch your space. Hopefully, by the time. next time we have a comics and news, we'll be talking about how the uh, the Kickstarter is going.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait for it to come out and and to back it. And the other day when I was in my local comic shop, I saw the card game, you know, the original one uh, there on the shelves. And I was, oh, and I gave a tap and had a chat to the to the lady there. So you no, know, it's great to see it in the shops now.
5: Awesome,
1: cool, cool. All right, um, just a quick one, I suppose,
0: because it's um, sort of adjacent to the Phantom universe, but Hermes Press is printing Mandrake newspaper stories now. We would expect the same high-quality product for Mandrake as what they've been producing for Phantom. Um, I personally won't be – well, I'm not made of money and I'm not getting the – uh, many of the, the Hermes Press Phantom volumes. I'd love to, but uh, I certainly won't be able to squeeze Mandrake into the budget. Um, either of you guys uh, keen on Mandrake stories to the point where you'll buy Hermes Press versions?
1: Probably. Well, like you, I don't have the Phantom version. So
0: it's just great to see that uh, what, you know they've got the King Features license and they're expanding into the universe. So I wish them well. I hope that it goes really, really well. I can't see it as being a bigger seller, as big a seller as the Phantom, though.
1: But yeah, no, it's great to see. And, yeah, if I was collecting the found ones and I had a spare, however much it is, I'd get that one too, but
2: yep. it's I, I, if
1: we had no kids. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. So if we had no kids, I wouldn't be doing the podcast in my car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd have a spare room to do it in. All right. Um, now, you've got the, uh, the, sh- the share screen enabled, Jim. So I'll get you to click on that link for new Comic Kingdom products and show everybody what we're talking about. As we look at how the new style guide has uh, transformed or come out in the way of clothing items that you can get, Comic Kingdom website is uh, there on your screen now. Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of shirts, phone cases, Uh, We even see a new mug as well. So uh, I really like some of
1: this gear, guys. What are you thinking? Yeah, I hadn't seen it until just before the um, podcast as as I was going through the run sheet. And I clicked on it, and I was happy too. And particularly, can you go up to the second T-shirt there, Jim?
0: So that seems pretty basic, uh, Steve. It does. Have a look at the
1: the back. Now, if you click on one of the, the things so you can get the back on it, Zoom up on that. There we go. Check that out. Oh, there
2: that, yeah. oh the Phantom Oaf cotton tea. Well yep. done. So yeah, done. That, that, is, uh,
1: that is at That's the top cool. of my to get list now. That, that is just shot up there with a bullet.
0: That is actually pretty cool. So, so um, what you're saying is that people should copy the link from our show notes and email it to
1: their families and say, look, it's only three months till Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, one little thing, it, it's got prices up there. Are those Australian prices or are uh, They're those, U.S. They're U.S., so yeah. look so out for not, that one. Not
0: cheap. 30 American dollars for a T-shirt. That's going to be 50-odd plus postage. Uh, it's not a cheap T-shirt by the time you get it out to no. Australia.
2: So you've got to get yourself a mug, you get yourself a, a phone case. Now, can a phone case um, be classified as a tax deduction?
0: <laughs> well, maybe, but that, I did have a look at that. That phone case is only for, I think it's the iPhone 13. Um, uh, it's, it's very specific. I've, iPhone 12 Pro, if you click on options, I don't think there was other options.
2: Oh, yeah, 12 Pro. Oh, man, I just bought myself a 12 Mini. I should have got a 12 Pro <laughs> instead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so unfortunately, you can. it seems a bit silly that they've only got that made for such a specific brand of phone. Um, so I can't imagine that. Uh, yeah, it's a smaller market. By the time you go, iPhone 12 Pro owners who also have enough money to spend. Well, if you've got that, you probably do have the money to spend on it. I just said double item check. Item I've on. got 11 Pro. Oh, there you go. So yeah, no good for you either. But the T-shirt um, and the mug. I like the look of that mug too. Yeah. I'm uh, I am a bit of a sucker for a good phantom mug.
1: It was just last year that they released a the mug. Is that right? I remember. Wasn't that long
0: ago? Comic, the, no, that the, the last did Comics Kingdom have a mug? Oh, it probably wasn't Comics Kingdom. Have, but the last have, was a mug.
2: They've had some mugs, but the other mug is the heat-changing one with yeah, uh, changing. icon. That's icon,
0: yeah. which uses yeah. which does use that skull. So,
2: mm.
0: yeah. So again, though, twenty American dollars by the time, fifteen American dollars by the time you get it over here. Um, yeah. Now
2: the website usually does have uh, specials and little coupon codes and stuff like that for like 10% or 15% off and all that. So uh, keep an eye out for those. I believe there is a news, uh, newsletter link that you can subscribe to, and they will actually email you when they have those sales. When we get them, we, we usually try and put them up on, on our socials
0: as well. So it might be worth trying to uh, trying to save and wait for one of those sales. So um, obviously we talk a lot about licensing and that sort of thing. You can't get more licensed than the products that are coming actually out of King Features themselves. Mm. So, pro- and it probably, as far as collecting goes, probably isn't going to be uh, lots of people spending the money on something like that. So if you're after something unique but certainly hugely licensed, uh, maybe that's for you. Um, and there's three moving- different colours with the t-shirts too. If- yeah, that's true. There came no. a
1: variety of colours. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and, not, and some of that artwork is not for everybody. The, the big one that um, had the full Phantom across the entire front of the shirt, that's not necessarily artwork that I particularly like. But uh, anyways, a little something for everybody there. Um, now, a new regular series of the Phantom being published in the world. Now, Editions Dante, was that French germ? Yes. Yeah. So there's a new French publisher who's coming out with a regular series, including digital stories or so digital uh, subscriptions available. Yeah, so you can
2: buy the comic digitally.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's brand new from France, but they're using some very familiar artwork and and indeed stories. Yeah.
2: I don't know. They must be cheap to buy from from, from King Features because, yeah, I don't know why you would choose those stories, to be truthfully honest.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, it's a, it's a great cover, we've, but um, we've Ooh. seen that picture many, many times before. So, yeah. I guess um people in France absolutely will be uh, looking forward to this. If well, I know we do have a few fans in France and hopefully they duck out and grab their uh, their fandom uh, magazine as it appears on their shelves. Um, as an international collector, Germ, I imagine you'll be looking to uh, pick up a copy or two of this as it comes out?
2: <laughs> yeah, I probably will. Um, I've kind of stopped buying comics from around the world at the moment. Uh, I'm in the middle of Trying to reorganise this room and come up with a solution about to store more comics because I've just got piles and piles of comics. Like, <laughs> I see six piles of comics a metre high in front of me at the moment. Um, so when I kind of sort that out, I'll probably will start buying a few more of these comics from around the world. Um, yeah. Just one quick thing is that like, the little title image is the Chris Wall uh, door poster that came from through.
0: Yeah interesting do you think they've got you know have they paid through a commission to be able to use that in the top corner i don't know maybe we shouldn't have highlighted that so they don't get into trouble (laughs) (laughs) well look glenn renee dudley if you're looking for an extra little revenue stream just make sure that that little company in france is is slinging a few francs your way well that's old school isn't it euros now All right. Um, now, staying in Europe, um, we've 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 had a whole podcast devoted to it. We've talked about a close from Matthew's story today, and um, in one of those comics, we had the obituary that appeared on Chronicle Chambers' website was also published in through Magazines. Um, uh, that our little tribute to Klaus, um, and obviously his funeral has been held since the last time, or since we recorded that podcast and we announced the news. Um, we've been very, very fortunate that Alf Grunberg, who spoke at the funeral, has been generous enough to send us a copy of what he said. So um, that'll be appearing on our, on our website soon, Jim.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, it will be. So we'll, it's, it's a beautiful little, um, some words that he shared. So that will be on our website as well as the photos from the funeral
0: as well. Yeah, and uh, I was particularly taken, as I'm sure everybody was, with the the yellow wreath, the uh, the good mark that um, the 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 Phantom fans and and Klaus's friends in in Sweden uh, had commissioned for the funeral, had created for the funeral.
2: Yeah, from memory, I'm just trying to, I'm just going through the emails with Ulf. From memory, it was Hans Lindell, Lynette Moberg, and uh, Ulf that put that wreath
0: together. Right, well, It It's a very, very fitting tribute to someone who has done so much good work for the Phantom. And uh, uh, yes, um, sad, sad again that uh, Klaus has left us. But um, some really beautiful uh, words to have come out of it. Phantom Met Christmas album coming out in uh, from Norway. Ago or nearly a year ago that uh, the news first came out that these Christmas albums were going to be released, and we see that it's coming out in time for Christmas of. 2021 so uh, germ as again is our resident uh international expert here in australia tell us about this uh this christmas album from uh, norway
2: so again if you're on youtube you can see the um the image it's interesting that they've gone the landscape format in the i like to say late 80s early 90s released their christmas albums in the old i guess landscape type of comic from looking at the cover here, it looks like it's going to be another version of that. There's going to be two stories. There's going to be the spy ship, which is the Jeff Weigel and the Tony DePaul story, which features the Phantom Visiting Australia, the uh, Sunday story. And then the other one is going to be the drummer of Tempini, uh, which you can tell that is the, the cover image here. Um, I will assume that they are going to be using the colour version uh, which was coloured by Ivan Pedersen for the free comic, which featured the sequels to this original story. Um, and then the cost is going to be 89...
1: Kronos or something like
2: that? Uh, <laughs> chron- yeah, it could Reno? be that. Uh, 15 Australian, uh, 10 US, 9 Euro and 90 Swedish Kronos. So it should be, yeah, I think it's Norwegian Kronos. It's um look. It, it's good to see Egmont producing another Phantom comic, which isn't just the the reprint series that they've been doing. They have been continually reprinting that, but I think Norway deserves more than just the Phantom and chronologisk albums, which is basically the chronological albums, which is similar as what we get with our replica series, and Sweden yeah. does a version of that as well. It's good to see that they're, doing more than just that uh hopefully the album sells out sells quite well um must make mention that if you are not wanting to purchase it from the website but you want to purchase it from someone who can handle shipping overseas and everything like that your best bet would be ivan peterson um he will be having but, a bunch of these and you can buy them directly
0: from him and he will sort out postage and everything like that yeah. as well so if you search for IP Comics on Facebook, yep. you'll uh, be able to find that uh, that shop that he runs for those purposes. Yeah, exactly. So Jason Paulos, people know him as the, well, we've already talked about him as the artist for the Phantom by Gaslight series, the Gray Malkin series, uh, a bunch of other um, main series comic books are through. He's become quite an accomplished Phantom artist. Uh, he's also a uh, quite accomplished uh, guitar player and uh, song recorder and he's actually recorded a fandom song. Now we're going to play this at the end of the podcast tonight um, but there's some pretty exciting news that Jason, um, Jason has announced regarding a contest to do with this song, Jim. You, you've been talking to Jason, can you fill us in on, on what he's after here? So basically is after a music
2: video. We all love, we all grew up on music videos. Uh, Stephen, you're our resident musician. Um, I'm sure you've listened to and watched quite a lot of music videos as well. So he's created the music. Now we need some pictures and video to go with the music. Again, it's on our website. There's no end date, so to speak. Uh, we are having Jason on our podcast in the near future. We will let people know when the end date is due, but obviously this might take a little bit of time, so we're not going to end it in the next week or two. So there's plenty of time for people to, to fire up their programs on their computers and to create a music video i'm going to have a goal at it i believe steven you're going to have a goal at it as well
1: oh yeah i'll have a crack at it
2: so at least there'll be two entries maybe not very good ones
0: but um <laughs>
1: again, well that will leave
0: me as the impartial judge and uh, as an impartial <laughs> judge i can assure you that a third person will be winning it
1: yes <laughs> we,
0: we
2: won't be winning it we're just basically having some fun so create a music video stick it up on youtube tag us in it or if you don't know how to do that send it to us and we'll stick it up on our youtube for you uh jason and us will be choosing the winner and it's gonna
0: just a, good to have some fun and to be able to get the phantom out there very good all right well stay tuned for not ridiculously long from now uh, when we play that uh, play that outro song, um, last piece of news we want to touch on is Phantom uh, creator Julie Dietrich, who has only had the one Phantom story actually published so far, but has a bunch more in the works. For through um, has been feature- featured in the latest Ink Spot magazine, which is a uh, a magazine that comes out here in Australia, talking about creative types and um, people who are involved in the publishing industry here in Australia. And uh, Julie is featured in the the latest magazine. I haven't actually seen a copy of the magazine so i certainly haven't read it yet but i understand she discusses her latest stories in the golden circle sequel um yes jen that'll be probably you who've seen it i've seen a picture of it i've seen her talk about
2: it um at the date of recording i haven't put an article up on the website by the time this gets published there will be an article on the website which will have some more information so check out our website
0: very good all right. You can also, when you're checking out our website, you'll be able to see that um, based on, um, what was podcast? 196, when we were talking about, um, you know, brainstorming a Bible for the Phantom, we really uh, did a bit of a deep dive on the various elements of the Phantom. And I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. Coming out of that has been uh, the first of what's well, going to be at least four polls, I think, where we ask the fans what elements of Phantom Law are the most important to you? And we start with the uniform. Um, do we want to? I noticed that uh, you put up today, Germ, a few uh, an update as the uh, the tally so far. We've got a bunch of voters, and it looks like we do have a surprise leader. Well, certainly a surprise to me in terms of uh, what people regard as the most important element of the Phantom, universe, uh, Phantom uniform.
2: Me and Steve were talking about this before uh you joined us Dan is one of the questions is just the skull ring or the skull ring and the good ring so if you add the ring slash rings together, that is the most important element, and then the the mask with the with the eyes not showing as the second most important element and then there was a few votes
0: for the others, but they're the two leaders, yep. Yeah, so um, really encourage people to jump on and, uh, and put in your votes for that. We'll tie that all together to a, into a story at the end of our polling, I'm sure. or a um, podcast. For a podcast. Yeah, yeah well, that, that might be when we come back and brainstorm a little bit more, you reckon? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, Very I good. think we will.
0: Cool, cool. All right, we certainly have had um, some creators who have contacted us saying how handy a Phantom Bible would be. Um, I don't know if, we, if we're creating a, a mountain for our own backs here or, or something for our, our shoulders to carry and we're suddenly going, oh, hang on, we might be well-placed to create this and then have lots of other people shoot us down. <laughs> but that's why we're trying to consult with the people as we go, isn't it? So that's why we try and do these sorts of polls and include um, contributions from the listeners, from the watchers of this. To let us know, because while we uh, while we probably spend a little bit more time thinking Phantom than uh, some people, uh, we certainly aren't uh, considering ourselves experts by any means, or, or the definitive word on anything. Uh, we want to be of the fans, for the fans, by the fans, etc. That whatever our slogan is. So um, certainly, feel free to contribute and let us know what is important to you.
1: I really um, enjoy putting putting the list together and all that sort of stuff. Or well, what? Well, what element would that? Well, what? yeah category with that fall under and all that sort of thing i've really in, enjoyed it so i hope everyone um has a go at, at clicking and being a part of the poll and get your thoughts out there and we specifically said you get one choice per per element so you gotta you gotta think really hard so yes but there's yeah. no top three here it's one in and that, that's the horse <laughs> you back and you stick with it
0: very good it did make for uh, some interesting thinking. Yeah, oh, those are my options. What am I going to choose? So,
2: right.
0: All right. Well, you can certainly find that on our website, chroniclechamber.com. Um, email us, as I say, with anything you'd like to talk about, uh, Phantom. And I would say that we've been getting a bit more in the old monkey mailbag over the, uh, the last few months. Um, people do seem to be typing chroniclechamber at gmail.com into the address bar of their particular email software and and firing off messages to us or hitting us up via the links on the website as well in the message box there. It's always great to hear from people, whether they agree with us or whether they don't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so Might be um, be, uh, a a segment in future, certainly not long comics and news segments like this, uh, podcasts like this, but a segment for the future, maybe our monkey mailbag where we uh, dip in and read a few of the emails and uh, have a bit of a chat about the topics that they contain. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're about to wrap up. So make sure, of course, that you subscribe to Chronicle Chamber and, and the X-Band Phantom Podcast on iTunes or Spotify, however you listen to us, whatever app that might be, um, or certainly watch us on YouTube as well. Jim um, puts a lot of work into making sure that the visuals are there uh, to, to complement the things that we're talking about. So if you've got the, uh, the time to sit back and watch us, Um, then certainly recommend that otherwise hope you continue enjoying listening to this on your drive to work or whatever else that might be all right well that's it that's it from us um thank you so much for joining us i hope you got something out of it um until next time from me it is happy phantoming happy phantoming happy phantoming and over to jason